This episode of the Chicken Nick Podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Beanery. Go over here on our right with uh, Paul here and head to the Beanery locations in Ashland, Papillion, and Gretna. He and his crew, they know what it takes to make you a good coffee drink or smoothie. Get the Chicken Nick drink, a nice caramel pecan latte. You can get it ice, you can get it hot. Bo, what do you like? I don't mind it being a latte, but it's got to be hot. Sounds great, Bo. It's the Beanery serving people coffee. think anything sums it up better than that nope that's it then kyle kyle peterson giving a oh. we, we you and i share a a the exact same love and admiration for one kyle peterson on a variety of levels he's got a just silky smooth pipes he's got a way about him that is cool calm like oh yeah. i want kp to read me a bedtime story at night pretty is what i'm trying to tell kyle via the pod right now then goldilocks tried this porridge and she said oh this is just right <laughs> and a comb and a brush and a bowl full of mush and a quiet old lady who was whispering. Oh. Okay, that's not. I think it's hush. I don't think it's uh, <laughs> sensual. Oh. I love you to the moon and. Oh. <laughs> I did ask him because uh, Mike Rooney, uh, myself, and Kyle Peterson were on the selection show. And uh, for the baseball on ESPN two, and I, I asked him about, you know, Rooney is a big fan, obviously. More on that in a moment. And how he referenced the show during the selection show. But um, Kyle Peterson, I don't know how often he he listens, but he Rooney said, "Yeah, you're you're you know they played your stuff in the show." Or, <laughs> he's like, "Which one?" And I said, "Well, the one where you said this," and I quoted it to him. What in the hell are you talking about? And uh, he was like, oh, yeah. And I, he goes, what was that from? I said, I think it was the Oppo Taco. Uh, oh. Come on. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I think Eric Burns uh, was doing broadcasting. I mentioned Oppo Taco. And Kyle was like, what in the hell are you talking about? And he believes that was the first time that that was ever uttered. Oppo Taco. What well. in the hell are you talking about? Two things with KP. I love his voice so much. I'm not even a huge baseball guy. But if he did an audio book on his thoughts on baseball, you boy would have to listen to it just because I would want to hear him talk. Or maybe I just need to go on a road trip with Kyle and we can just talk that way. Whatever, whatever suits his time and needs would be nice. But then two years ago, I think it was two years ago, might have been three now, Kyle and I were invited by Greg McDermott to do like media training for the Creighton basketball team. And uh, every time we kind of went back and forth, like Kyle would give some thought and then I would give some thought and every one of Kyle's thoughts you could tell. Were like, I felt like Sandler and Billy Madison when he tried to play the clarinet, you know, and I was like, <laughs> he's good. He'll come like, and you know, I mean, just make sure you're yourself at all times. I'm like, yeah. 
Yeah, do that. Uh, I, it was bad. Kyle totally outshined your boy that day. All right, let's listen to uh, Billy Madison. plays one note and then goes so bad and he just says he's good and that's it perfect oh that is perfect that is good so yeah so long story short we all love yada 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 we all love kyle peterson yeah he's very the bottom uh, of my art he always has that look on his face doing the selection show like he's got a thought-provoking thought and he does like every time you go to him he's like i've been thinking about this and he he says he's like yeah gosh that's good he's good he's good he's good you're good at making points aren't you (laughs) wow you're pretty good at asking questions aren't you who should i be rooting for in the cws though who's got the pitching that i like who so who's got the best pitching i like pitching so that was, uh, again, your really good intel and analysis on baseball years ago. And it has kind of made a comeback a little bit. And so we're walking in to do the selection show on ESPN2 in Bristol, and Mike Rooney's with me, and we're, and he's mentioning, as we're walking down the hall, and, and KP's there, but Rooney's mentioning how he's thinking about what show drop to work in to the selection show. And so to put this in perspective, I hadn't thought of it at all. Okay? Right? It's like like when you call a game, I'm sitting there going, when's he going to quote the show? But I know like if I was in that spot, I'm focused on the game. I'm not thinking about quoting the show. Right. Okay? Right. So more people, the people who are watching, like, why isn't he doing it? The person who's actually in it going, that was the last thing on my mind. Okay. So we're walking in and it's like, yeah, I'm thinking about a drop. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, I get, and in my mind, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because if he does it, I can't do nothing. Yes. So he wasted no time. Like, he must have had it planned. So we we set the ground rules for the show. We're doing the, you know, here's how the, you know, baseball 101, the NCAA tournament, here's how it works. And then we unveil the top eight national seeds. And we get to the number two national seed to talk Stanford. And Mike Rooney gives this. Number two overall seed, Mike Rooney, the Stanford Cardinal, hosting a regional for the 20th time. Matt, I like pitching, and Stanford's got an ace in Alex Williams. They've also got high-end position player talent, Brock Jones, a dynamic freshman. Okay, no one cares about the rest. Nah. Matt, I like pitching, and it's perfect because it's quoting the show. He probably in his head was like, what? baseball thing could I use where it works on the show and works for everything and serves two purposes, two birds, one stone. And when he said that, I looked up at him. It's like Pavlov's dog. You ring the bell. Like he does that. And I look up at him from my notes and he looks at me and he's smiling as he's saying this right. Seed Mike Rooney, the Stanford Cardinal hosting a regional for the 20th time. Matt, I like pitching and Stanford's got an ace. (laughs) That's so good. It's classic. That's good. I like pitching. <laughs> it's really good. It's good. I'm glad he did it early. It's easier to get it out of the way. Just That's get right. it. Just knock it out. Then, So then he could exhale and just do the show normally. 
without having to worry about our stupid shit. Number two overall seed, Mike Rooney, the Stanford Cardinal, hosting a regional for the 20th time. Matt, I like pitching. Should have stopped it there. Just I like I pitching. Just... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Didn't so he did that. So then that was four and a half minutes into the show. 30, 40 seconds later, I found myself walking into the drop without even thinking about it. Oh, man. It. I looked down at my notes. I'm like, oh, that's a good note. I'll say that here because it's not scripted, but I'm like, oh, I'll just look down at my notes and see what I want to say. And I walked into this one. This was 40 seconds later. 21st tournament appearance. How about Virginia Tech, the number four overall seed, Mike Rooney, ACC regular season champ. Best season in school history, an electric position player group. Center fielder Gavin Cross could be a first-round pick. Shortstop Tanner Schober right there, a Dustin Bedroya clone, and Drew Hackenberg, the youngest of the Hackenberg boys, is their ace. Third in the ACC with a 2.83 earned run average or something like that exactly. Number four seed. How about the number five seed? Yeah, I mean, fans, obviously it's been, I think, whatever, 644 days or something like that exactly, but. As I'm saying the ERA, I'm like, of course, like I'm reading this. This isn't off the top of my head. Yes. And so you almost had to, like, after I said that, I think Chicken Nick fans would have been disappointed had I not gone. Right. Dropping a specific ERA number or a specific <laughs> batting average number, unless it's 400 or 300, you know, when you get into the, you know, he's hitting 325 or something, you know, he's got an ERA, you almost have no choice, no Tashard choice, pardon me, but to get your Henrich game right in 644 days that day, dog. So I'd have been disappointed if he didn't do it. This is good. This is good. So we got that out of the way. So that was that was fun. And that brings to mind this. I want to play this for you. This was sent a couple of weeks ago by Josh Peterson of 1620, The Zone, Omaha Sports Talk Radio. Shouts out to Josh Peterson. Right. I think I'm, I might be on their show on Tuesday. Ooh. Uh, well, I mean, they just asked for if I could come on. Uh, but that's... <laughs> so he sent me this. Because everyone's ears are perked up, like for the Nick Henrich type of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, Josh Peterson sends this. BC delivers again. Ooh. Remember a few weeks ago, yep. Brian Christofferson did, you know, one of those oh, yes, Nick Henrich type specific. things. Here he is a couple of weeks ago on the Husker 24-7 podcast. And then Marcus Washington, obviously. What do you think there? I mean, you're getting – it's not like his numbers just pop off the page at Texas. Um, I think he had 337 yards or something in his career. Um, But (laughs) – Nick Henrich, your thoughts? that part again um i think he had 337 yards or something in his career 337 yards or something you know or something uh let's see i'm going to go to the marcus washington texas longhorns receiver what's he got how much did he say 337 or something like that he had it says here at 277 this year oh. plus 56 plus 33 366. Oh, B. 
NBC. He was actually wrong. Well, he did he did say or something like that. I would say within 30 you get within 30ish. That's something like that fits into something like that. Um, I think he had 337 yards or something in his career. Well, hold on. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking about? Did we ever fact check was Nick Henrich right on the yeah, you know, 644 days or something like that? Was it at, I know that now we're getting cray cray with having to go back for how long it actually had been. Was Nick Henrich correct in 644 days or something like that? Well, I am. Uh, yeah. September 1st, 2021 from 24 yeah. seven sports. Well, it says for Williams Bryce stadium, there will have been 644 days since last time Williams Bryce stadium. Okay. Okay. That's South Carolina. I think it's 644 days for like a lot of, a I lot of, universities, a lot of stadiums. So I think it was all good. I think it checks out. Yeah, it has to check out. I don't even want to. I don't even want to know that it doesn't check. It out, would be. Honest. It would. It would be a lot. It would. It would be disappointing if it wasn't spot on. And I think we all just assumed, like, yeah, it's probably right. <laughs> right. He's probably accurate. It's accurate. Let's just go with it. Let's just go with it. Okay. Uh, in a related story, should we uh, go to the polls from last week? Let's go to the polls. All right. Here we go. Some of the polls as they have uh, concluded. Here we go. In relation to, uh, to what we just said, who had the better drop reference during the NCAA selection show? Rooney's I like pitching or Schick's ERA guess? <laughs> Mike Rooney, 52%. I like pitching. I, I'm not going to disagree with that. It was nice and smooth. I agree. And it's just, I think Mike Rooney's taking a liking to the show. I mean, we got to support those that support us, just like the sponsors. You know what I'm saying? That's correct. I also wore a runs a hat during this election I show. I saw that. Do we got what is the what's the what's the backstory there? Well, me and uh, the producer of the show, we were talking about what we could do, and I said, you know, what would be great. We we're on the phone days before. I said we should get like a Zesto cup or something. Right. He's like, well, the producer Brett. He's like, my, I've got family in Omaha. You know, let me let me call them. So they sent some cups from runs of cups, Zesto cups. And then I looked online. I go, Hey, check out this hat. Oh yeah. And I sent it to him and he responds. He goes, what's your hat size? And I measured my head like three or four different times. I'm like, <laughs> I'm getting this right. If they're sending me a hat, I'm wearing this. hat. It was fitted. So I said, um, you know, I think my head's, you know, seven and three quarters or something like that. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, fans, obviously it's been, I think whatever, 644 days or something like that. Exactly. But so, Got the hat, and it's in it. My my son, my wife, and everyone thought it just was a loaf of bread, which it really—that's what it runs it is, right? You know, right. But it's my new avatar. Someone said you should make it your new profile pic, and it is on Twitter. I think it looks terrific. So, the Schick and Nick show question was: Does Schick deserve a Runza endorsement for wearing the Runza hat on ESPN? Ninety-five percent said, "Yeah, yeah." I need to talk to the people at Runza. Get them. Get them. They need to start. Sh- Spreading the love to our pod. And I mean, they're, I think that Omar Manning is out there repping Runza. I mean, you can rep Runza. You're a fan of Runza. Love Runza. Yeah. Nate said, give him an NIL deal with extra cheese. Oh, so much cheese. <laughs> this question Would the balloon in my booth drop be a valuable NFT? Non fungible token. 69% said yes. Wow. 
Are you a nerd if you play season-long fantasy football? We know where I stand on that. 59% said yes. I think those people uh, are Nathan, correct. Nathan responded to last week's episode saying, Fresh Prince of Valaire and Hot Chub Time Machine were literally the names of both of my teams last year. <laughs> Here's another one. Are you a nerd if you play daily fantasy football? 73% said yes. Really? Yes. More of a nerd if you play daily. Interesting. I would think that I, I, I think the complete opposite, mainly because I don't want to be a nerd. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Should Trev Alberts be fired for getting rid of the balloon? Great question. That is a great <laughs> question and a valid one. You know, it's a really good question, and I've thought a lot about that. I've been asked that a couple times. Seventy-four <laughs> percent said no. <laughs> oh, come on! You got to vote yes just because of the sake of the question. Could you imagine? <laughs> Trevor Alberts has been relieved of his duties. I think maybe uh, Trevor Alberts should uh, be fired. <laughs> <laughs> Letting the air right out of that athletic department. <laughs> All right. Here you go. Are you disappointed that Joe and Alyssa are continually playing catch up to Travis Klineski's drop references on KSNB Local 4? 66% said yes. You know, they got they gotta they gotta read up on it. They gotta get they gotta get quicker with it so they can they can yeah. go drop for drop. Although Uncle Joe, is- Uncle Joe found the siren, though. Yes, he did. So to me, that's like, I mean, he's like, he's good for like the next six months, in my opinion. It's like winning a national championship. You just, yes. You cannot we make even, a bowl the next year, and it's fine. We don't even explore the hot seat. No. You know? Siren, the siren. I can't tell you that I've gotten more random people telling me like the siren, dude. Like I lost my, the the siren has has really, really, really resonated with a lot of people. It's just classic because it sounds exactly. It's, like- it's the it's the exact same. Exact same as the tornadoes. Man, that'll make you. I need to reevaluate my life on a variety of fronts. <laughs> Did the thought ever cross your mind that John Bishop might be related to Christian Bishop? Christian Bishop! <laughs> Come on, CB! Yeah! Oh, Christian Bishop! I mean, he made those like he made them all. Oh. Sixty-four percent said no. Thirty-six percent said yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I forgot about this. He actually does have a son named Christian Bishop. Have you ever gotten into a situation where you you thought something was was true and thought? This was a fact, but then all of a sudden, for for some reason, you just you got you doubted it. 
That's how I was. I was like, well, his son's named Christian. In my head, I was like, are you sure? And I was like, well, yeah. Well, hold on, are you sure? For some reason, I didn't, I didn't want to, I, I just bailed on it. But I knew, I was like 99.9% sure that, that, that his son was named Christian. But there was just enough of a doubt for me to totally bail on it. So, so the Bishop family... Uh, I I apologize. The, I mean, John Bishop. It, I mean, he is a Fremont native. That's where Richie Richie Ba and company hail from. So, on behalf of the entire Fremont community, and beha- on behalf of the Ba family, I'd like to apologize to the Bishop family. You're listening to the Apology Show, hosted by <laughs> Mark Jacks, exclusively on sixteen twenty zone. Dumbest radio show ever. And also, you got an apology? Give me a call. 951-1620. Oh, you know who we have? Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. What do you got? Okay, I was thinking it was uh, Montana. And I was thinking, I want to say it was like Idaho or Idaho State. I forget which one it was. It was one of the non-conference games. I forget the name of the team. I apologize. No, it wasn't Montana. It was Wyoming. I apologize. <laughs> I think he thought he was calling into the Mark Jackson apology show. Uh, I did get this this tweet from someone. Like people change their Twitter handles all of the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to fit in with the show. Yeah. How about this one? This Twitter handle is at it wasn't Montana. And his name is, no, it wasn't Montana. It was Wyoming. I apologize. And the avatar is the state of Montana with an X through it and the state of Wyoming with a green check. Wow. I mean, that's going above and beyond. Oh, man. Gosh. That's so good. Yeah. 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 This is a tweet from Feel It. He says, my daughter made me this today, and it's a balloon. And she wrote on it, a blown-up balloon. She wrote on it, there's a balloon in my booth from the Shikinik Pot. God, that's just, I don't know. I mean, how do those things make you feel? I don't know whether to feel stupid, feel great about it. I think I feel great about it. I'm going to go with There's a balloon in my booth. Oh, man, that's good. Joe tweets in, my daughter likes to mark the leftovers so that her brother doesn't eat ate the pizza his name is tyler and he isn't happy about that she covered up pizza on a paper plate and wrote abby in very neat handwriting i ate the pizza all by myself nobody else eat the pizza michael jordan dash abby you got it i ate the pizza all by myself nobody else eats eat the pizza (laughs) i can't believe the greatest basketball player of all time We have him on record saying that. I eat the pizza all by myself. Nobody else eats. Eat the pizza. <laughs> With dramatic music behind yeah. it. Like it was this undercover I story. Pizza. I eat the pizza. Eat the pizza. I eat the pizza. Eat the pizza. I eat the pizza. <laughs> David tweets, got fitted for a walking boot today. It has Reebok pump style compression in it. What? So basically, there's a balloon in my boot. Yeah, nice. There's a balloon in my boot. (laughs) 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 
a couple more tweets. These tweets are so good. Oh, gosh. How about this? This is from Dean. He's got a picture. He was at some expo or something, and he sees Michael Severe sitting at a table <laughs> in the city of Pavilion, and you can see him just, you know, pondering something. He's looking down at his phone with his hand on his chin, and Dean, with the picture, says, <laughs> daydreaming about the bucket seats. Yeah, yeah. Did she get naked in the bucket seats? Did she go to hubacars.com and get naked in the bucket seats? in that photo every week would ask Ken Wong about if the lead actress got naked in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did she get naked in the bucket seats? Just go to hubacars.com and get naked in the bucket seats. Uh, Michael. So good. I love you, Michael. Of all other things before we get out because I am in uh, Bristol. Yeah, and you I do your thing. To... I'll be on the squeeze play later on here. All right, quick time out from uh, this... Uh tremendous podcast to tell you about a tremendous establishment by the name of the beanery if you are looking to get your coffee game right you need to stop by the beanery because are you ready to bless the brew come on now give me a big cup are you ready to bless the moon come on now give me some backup <laughs> so you need to do what mcconaughey did Bless the brew, and they got so much more than just coffee, Chick. They got, I mean, look at all the, uh, they got like, I don't know, like on the menu, like nine different smoothies or something like that. Yeah, I mean, fans, obviously it's been, I think, whatever, 644 days or something like that exactly, but. Cherry smoothie, cream smoothies, green apple smoothie, mandarin smoothie, mango smoothie, peach smoothie, strawberry smoothie, strawberry banana smoothie, wildberry smoothie. If you want to get your smoothie game right on a nice hot summer day, you know what you need to do. Get your beanery game right. You can get it iced. You can get it hot. You know, it's getting to the point where you do want to get it iced, right? I mean, you do want to get some of these great iced coffees. Look, I know there's a very famous football coach who's got his own podcast now that feels like, you know, he can have any coffee any way he wants. But, Bo, you have to have it iced in the summer. I don't mind it being a latte, but it's got to be hot. No, no, no. Uh, it's got to be cold. It's got to be cold. It's got to be hot. No, it's got to be cold. It's got to be hot. It's got to be cold. It's got to be hot. All right. Fine. We'll agree to disagree. It's the Beanery Coffee. Check them out at thebeanerycoffee.com. Info at thebeanerycoffee.com if you'd like to... Uh, solicit their coffee truck. They can come to your school, your business, your event, and cater to your every need. It's the Beanery, serving people coffee. Got this here. Haven't played it yet. Haven't listened to it yet. This is from Chris Krug, who is a a track announcer there at Nebraska. He sent us in stuff before. I haven't heard this here. It says, Chick and Nick Show, had to get the night started off right at Knoxville Races. Dang. At Knoxville Nationals, it's not Johnny in Tennessee. Knoxville. <laughs> but this is on like race vision, or this is like being broadcast. Okay. Either online or streaming, or whatever. But he says, had to get the night started off right at Knoxville races last night. Hashtag bless the mood. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Well, welcome back to the old view watching around the world on dirtvision.com. As we do a little will packing right now, we'll have our opening ceremonies. Uh, coming up here in a quick second tonight. 
Uh, been great racing so far all uh, evening, early into the evening as well. Aaron Reitzel, quick timer this evening in our 410 class. We have a driver change as Mike Johnson, the 14J. He went ahead and uh, dropped out the 14J tonight. Devin Wignall at Altoona, Iowa, going to go ahead and jump in that car the rest of the night. So good to have Devin back at the Knoxville Raceway um, as well tonight. It's like Will Packing has gone ahead and finished up here. We'll go ahead, race fans, and bless the mood now as we get ready to go for tonight with our opening ceremonies. For tonight's invocation, Reverend Joshua Fila, pastor. All right. Wow. It was a long lead up to that, but he did it. He got there. We're going to bless the mood tonight. That was in Knoxville, Iowa, Knoxville uh, Raceway. You can almost feel. I always love listening to the to yeah, these yeah. where there's some people you can almost feel like, am I really going to do it? Am I, like their internal monologue, like, am I going to do it? Am I really going to do it? Am I going to do it? Am I really going to do this? Are you seriously going to do this? Are you going to do this? And then he does it. Like jumping out of an airplane, yeah. you know. It's like, well, am I going to do it? Am I going to? Well, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. There's no turning back now. There is that long pause. There you head and jump in that car the rest of the night. So good to have Devin back at the Knoxville Raceway um, as well tonight. There it is. Finished up here. We'll go ahead, right. race fans, and bless the mood now. <laughs> oh, that's Help good. Me. Are you ready to bless the mood? Are you ready to come on now? Give me some backup. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had another tweet or email from someone who said they got COVID and uh, his wife kept mentioning about CDC and all he could think of was Matthew McConaughey. And he started yelling, come on, CDC. Are you ready to best the move? Come on, CDC. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before, before you say goodbye and if you yeah. just give me a look if you actually do got a leak can i just throw one pseudo serious thing at you yeah let's go one pseudo serious okay sip who sip is now with on three yeah that was the worst kept secret in america yeah, america he was going america. now i'm deciding on if i want to be <laughs> a columnist for on three or for texas roadhouse <laughs> I thought it was going to be Applebee's. Applebee's. My my choices are Applebee's, Chili's, Perkins, <laughs> Texas Roadhouse, and TGI Fridays. Or on three. <laughs> or another place, but it, I could do fast food, but it's hard telling from Jack in the Box. It's hard <laughs> telling from the press box. <laughs> oh, so Sip. Are we going to go philosophical on sip? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, but we want to have like a 20 minute, like, that was, let's discuss Steve Sipple's career decisions. What do we think of it? <laughs> Why did he do it? And what can we expect next? 951 1620, What do you think of Steve Sipple's career decision to leave <laughs> the Lincoln Journal Star and write for on three? Let's go to Bob in Ogallala. <laughs> Bob, thanks for listening here on the stream. Go ahead. You're on with us. What do you think about SIP? Well, I think it's great. I think I'm not going to lie. I think it's great because I love recruiting. And you know, Nebraska, they get the recruits and they're going to get the three stars. They're going to get the four stars. But if there's a five star, SIP is going to break that. You know what he's going to do, guys? He's going to break the news. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for calling in. That was uh, very well done. That was good. Yeah, no, we don't need to take any more. Oh, man, you just like that was a 
That was a a drop a, a tangent within a drop within a skit with it. That was good. That was inception. That, that was, was that was that was a inception. dream within a dream. I mean, we almost got to spin the top and see if we're still dreaming or not, right? Good Lord, have mercy. Now, okay, so the reason I brought up Sip, he has said you to have to talk like. Now we got to be careful here. We got to be careful right. here. Right. Now, if I'm in terms of a win total to get off of the hot seat, oh, if I'm if I'm frost, I'm telling I'm telling my staff boys, we better get to eight wins, boys. We better get to eight to feel really good about things. When I hear that, I think homeboys had way too much of a blooming onion or way too much of fajitas from Chili's or something like. Give me your take on that. Seems I feel like six and six. I feel like six wins. They're they are coming back, right? I think the bar is so low. The last thing you want to be is a victim of your own success. Fortunately for Scott Frost, he hasn't had any. So making a bowl is tangible, incremental success. Like I've heard that eight wins is kind of a target, and I think eight wins is like. That's a great year. Great, I mean, great year. It's been six years since they won more than five games. So I'm pretty good with six wins. And again, it's always not what you do, but how you do it. Like, I get that. Like, you know, you don't want to get embarrassed in your six losses sure. and all that. But the fact that you revamped everything. I even said if they didn't make a bowl game, there's a chance they could come back. I know that because that's, of, all, of the agree. whole staff. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not closing the door. I'm I not. agree with you. I'm not. Now I don't, I don't recommend this for the coaching <laughs> no, staff, right? right? Like, I don't want to play with fire. Right? Yeah. But I'm not. If if it looks halfway decent, I'm I'm not slamming the door shut on them going five and seven and coming back next season or for another season. I because. All this thing has to do is show some tangible improvement and progress, and you can sell everyone on like, okay, let's let them get another full year of recruiting. Let's let Mark Whipple continue to install his offense, and let's let Mickey Joseph go do his thing for that chicken wing and recruiting and all that stuff. Like, you can you can sell all those things. So I guess for me, I just I've heard Sip say that a couple of times, and I'm like, man, that seems. I mean, I would classify. Because the way he's framing that is eight wins is like, whew, boy, just barely made it. To me, eight wins is, is like, seriously, I would say eight wins, they had a really, I mean, maybe great years too, too much. But, I mean, I would say eight, if they go eight and four, that's a pretty dang good year. I mean, this team should, we always say should. What should they be? They should be five and one going to Purdue. Okay. But. Who you got the L to? I mean, it's either Oklahoma or Ireland. In Dublin, Ireland? You think they're going to go to Ireland and take an L, don't you? <laughs> you're going to go to Dublin, Ireland, and you're not going to convert a third and four. Oh, the luck of the Irish. Not on the husky side. <laughs> but here's where I would agree with six and six not being good enough. If they start five and one and finish six and six, it could be... He's done. Whoa. Because that means you've lost five of your last six games. See, yeah, you know, that's an issue because order matters in life. I mean, the analogy I've always heard, I've always kind of made is like you go on a date 
and like dinner is great. Right. And then you go get some ice cream and then drop her off at home and ice cream goes terrible. You guys get in an argument on the way home. You're going to not going to feel good about that date. But if it's flipped, like dinner wasn't very fun. You didn't, you weren't vibing, but ice cream was awesome. The drop off was great. You're going to feel really good about it. So maybe you're, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. The, the order of which it happens. Like, remember when Nebraska finished that win streak at the end of that first season, if you flip that, the expectations are nowhere near what they were going into his second right. year. They were expected to win the West in, right. in year and two. And he said, get us, you better get us now. And they went on that win streak, and you're like, oh, okay, here we go. But if you flip it, you know, what are we even talking about? Going into year two or year three. So the order does matter. So that's where I would ah, look at you. I would, ag- I would agree as I think about it and talk about it out loud. If the beginning of the season goes the way you anticipate, and you're say you're even four and two or five and one, and you finish six and six. That means you're losing the Minnesota at home. That means you're losing Wisconsin at home. That means you're probably going to Purdue and maybe losing. Right. I mean, you're going, you'd in, in the way you're sizing this up, you would be going one and five against Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa. So, as we talk about it out loud, that's where I think SIP is probably more right than wrong if the first six weeks go the way you anticipate them going. Because okay. you cannot interesting. finish the year going one and five and feel good at all about where your program is. That's so interesting to put it that way because as you spit out these projections and 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 even predicting what the record will be and, and all that, you never really think about it in that regard of like the order of how you arrive at that that in record and it makes a difference and there's no doubt it makes a difference. So, and the, and the irony is the back half of the schedule is the toughest. Wait, so there is a likelihood that you will finish worse than you start. Right, right. You could even, you could even play decent football and right. finish two and four in those final six games. So, and that's, and that's why it's the, how does it look? Right, yeah. six and six. How does it look? Eight but, and four, obviously slam dunk. Seven and five, probably good. Six and six. How does it look? And what's the? Order? But also, I think this is a window into, and not to say this was why Frost did what he did with the staff changes, but the staff changes not only I think give him the best chance to have success in the short term. I think it also gives him the best chance to get a get another year. Because I think there's still a lot of people that go back to when Frank Solich was fired and he had just made a change, finally had made a change on the defensive side and brought in Bo Pelini. There was progress there. And so there's a lot of people like, well, let's see what let's see what another year of this looks like. I wouldn't be surprised if I used to play a stupid game called Future Headlines on, uh, on on my radio show. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if a future narrative or a future talking point is is well. I know they went five and seven, but let's see what this this coaching staff can do with another year. Let's see what Mickey Joseph, Mickey Joseph can do with another year recruiting. And Mark, Whipple, we talked about that. Like, let's see what that can look like. So, not only did you have to make the changes, you, you also needed to avoid the whole definition of insanity of just running it back with the same thing in place. But I think it also, if like you show any signs of life, and to me, six and six is signs of life. Now I get what we're saying with the order of it, like. I, I still think there's an argument to be made like, well, let's do it 
one more year. Now, the reality is, as I say all that, like there probably is always going to be that little, like there's always going to be that little thing in your mind. Like, well, let's see what happens with a new quarterback. Well, let's see what happens with another year of the staff. Let's see what happens with this and with that. But I don't know. I just, whenever I've heard Sip say it a couple of times. And to me, whenever I hear him say, well, we better get to eight wins. I'm like, man, that seems, that seems like a lot, but the order of the schedule is a great point by you. And just what do those games look like? Like, are they close wins, close losses? Like all of those things kind of bake into it. So it's hard to, it is one of those schedules and one of those years where it's hard to go, Hey, make a bowl game. You're good. Well, I mean, I still, I think, you know, 30,000 foot view. Yes. But get a little closer to the ground and then, and then see what it looks like up close. Could you have ever imagined a year from now, someone would would tell you Nebraska is going to go three and nine and you're going to argue for Frost to stay. You know, I mean, you would have been like, what? Three and nine? You'd be like, no, you're going to, and you're going to be convinced that like they were actually like heading in the right direction. You know? You'd have been like, there had to have been a pandemic or something. (laughs) Like, well, actually, You are right. And the same thing is true even for when you and I were doing the radio show. Did you ever think there would be a world in which you would be covering a football team that would go like 10 and 4 or win 9 games and you'd be like, "Man, I don't know if this is going in the right direction." But it's all that's where the hard part about this time of year when you start to really think about like it does kind of feel like football's just around the corner and you start to really think about records and projections and all those things like it it, on some level how it looks matters nebraska is going to be projected to finish top two in the west no worse than top three and be in there in in november and with the transfer portal the transfer portal has changed the prism through which you view timelines and okay well now it's like if you redid your staff and like okay well now we got to recruit to this and that no you just recruit transfers not high school players and so they blew this whole thing up yes I mean, they blew the whole thing up but they blew it up in a way that you're gonna have a lot of new faces not just on the coaching staff but on the field and did it in a way that okay let's see how you guys bring all this together because if you can bring all these different players from different teams and programs and bring them in and forge them into this culture that you're trying to establish with all these new coaches and you win seven games, that's probably success. Yeah. Probably a pretty good season. I, I've, I talked about this on my last pod and it's so, one of the things that's so interesting about this year is like, if you think about the five new coaches and they brought in 15 transfers. Mm-hmm. So let's call it 20 new people into the program. Schick, they they need like 10 to 12 to 14 of those new people to be hits. Like instant impact, make a difference to the good hits. Like you you are going to have a new quarterback transfer, a new starting running back transfer, your best pass rusher rusher transfer, starting corner transfer, your punter and kicker transfer, your best wide receiver is going to be a transfer. Then your uh, you need your OC new need to be solid. You need your new O line coach to be a uh, positive. You need Bill Bush special teams to be positive. Like you get to you you get to ten to twelve to fourteen 
going like, yeah, you need to hit there. And so I think one of the things that makes this season so hard to project is like, sure, it's possible, but the the chances of hitting on 75% of new people is just really hard. And I think you're right because, you know, you always typically in a class of 25 for a recruiting class, if you can get 10 of those to really be big contributors, that's really good. Yeah. 10 to 12. So now we're talking about transfers and 90% of those hitting, you know, 80% of those new faces hitting to me, it comes down to two transfers outside of Casey Thompson being not terrible, right? Just be, just be good. Yeah. Don't need to be great. Just no. be good. Brian Bashini, Timmy bleak road. That's it. Yeah. Punter kicker. Yeah. That's it. If those two guys hit, and those two guys are substantial upgrades, which they can't be flatlined from last year in the last couple of years. If those two guys are good, you're going to get to at least seven wins. You, you know, it's funny you say that. I was thinking, of, I, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, you could simplify it in that regard. We're like, if Casey Thompson is just doesn't turn it over and is like comes through in a few big moments, like I'm not saying he's got a lead them 90 yards for multiple yeah. times in two minute drills, but just be solid in big moments. Yeah. You're, you're probably going to get to six and six or seven and five. Let's be honest. If you ran back last season and had a different punter and kicker that hit, you're a bowl team. Right. So what are we talking about? Right. right. Like th- that was such an egregious shortcoming last year to right. that if you can shore up special teams and just kick to the right spot and kick through the uprights right more often than not you're you're the minimum six wins right so it, it's just interesting when you think about it in that yeah. way though of like okay they brought in 15 transfers they're going to be relying on probably 10 to start not just like ah we'll right. throw them in there 10 plays like no Trey Palmer, Casey Thompson, Anthony Grant, like all these guys are going to start and have to be like big time impact dudes. And so, and that's what also is interesting that it's, this isn't necessarily even that, uh, for some people, it's probably not that interesting of a talking point, but I do find it interesting that the contrasting kind of narrative of, man, Nebraska is so close. They're so close. They're a couple plays away from winning eight or nine games when you kind of contrast that with what has unfolded, because hiring five new coaches and bringing in 15 transfers would lead you to believe that they weren't close. You know what I mean? Like my, my point was remember Schick, we were doing radio, like Wisconsin was close in 2011. They just needed one quarterback. They needed the right quarterback to come in and the thing would pop. So they brought in Russell Wilson. The thing popped. This isn't that. This is a massive overhaul. In fact, you could argue, Schick, no team has changed their situation from a coaching staff and roster standpoint more than Nebraska has in the country that didn't have a head coaching change. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This episode of the Schick and Nick podcast is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Your boy, Schicky, he got one of the greatest packages Ever over the last month. No, it's not my son, Marvin Lou. It is the package from Omaha Steaks that included bacon wrap fillets, burgers, jumbo franks, pork chops, chicken, the caramel apple tartlets. Let me tell you, Shick, your boy has been eating good in the neighborhood. In fact, the last meal my family and I had before we went to the hospital to get 
induced to have Marvin Lou. We had the fillets, the caramel apple tartlets. And then when we got back home, the first meal as a family with Marvin Lou, your boy got on the grill and did his dang burgers, jumbo franks. I mean, it was fantastic, Chick. That's really good. I feel like the only reason you told that story was to sing Marvin Lou's name 400 times. But here's a little gift-giving wisdom from Omaha Steaks. Dads like Nick, like me, we want steaks, okay? And with Father's Day right around the corner, there's not a better gift than Omaha Steaks. Visit omahasteaks.com, type Schick and Nick into that search bar there, and order the Dads Want Steaks package. Just 99 bucks. This limited time package includes 16 mouthwatering entrees that your dad or your brother or your son or your grandpa is guaranteed to love, like smoky, tender bacon-wrapped filet mignons, gourmet jumbo franks, and air-chilled boneless chicken breasts. And for a sweet finish, like Nick said, delicious caramel or caramel apple tartlets. Oh. Everyone's getting hungry just thinking about this. There's thing. no doubt about it. And as a spe- special gift to the Chicken Nick listeners, when you type in Chicken Nick in that search bar and order the Dad's Want Steaks package, you'll also get eight free Omaha Steak burgers so don't wait send dad more than just a gift send him an experience he'll love and get to share with you so what is it chick we go to omahasteaks.com you type in chicken nick into the search bar you order that dad wants steaks package you are going to get 16 entrees you're going to get eight free omaha steak burgers that's a heck of a deal right there omaha steaks isn't just steak it's the best steak of your life guaranteed and then the other thing too is i'm just devote i'm just throwing all the different thoughts i had in my last pod like there's so many people that point to the Michigan State example. Like, well, look at Mel, look, Mel Tucker just did it, brought in a whole bunch of transfers, and boom, they go 11-2 and two and win the Peach Bowl. It's like, okay, well, did that, did that work because it can work, or did that work because you had the best running back in the country? You know, because sometimes, as we've seen, if you have Amir Abdullah, you, like, they can single-handedly get you to, like, eight, nine wins. If you have Indomitian Sue, he can kind of single-handedly get you to eight or nine wins. Like, there are certain guys at key spots that if they are good enough, it can change everything. And so, like, in some ways, the Michigan State Mel Tucker thing is like, I'm not saying, like, again, it can work, but did it work because it's a replicable, like, blueprint that you can run back different in different places? Or did it work because they found Kenneth Walker and he was like, First team All-American. I don't know. Kenneth Walker took the first carry of his Michigan State career 75 yards for a touchdown against Northwestern. That whole thing changed. And you can go back to last season with Michigan State, and you're right about, you know, you need some players to do well. If you can get one player to be the best best at his position, right? Like a Kenneth Walker, like, oh, okay, this guy is just outside of being a Heisman finalist. Wow, okay. But you, you can even go through Michigan State's schedule. Like the one on the road at Miami, they win that game, they look dominant. Miami wasn't great. They beat Nebraska in overtime, shouldn't have won that game. They give up 31 to Western Kentucky and win. Uh, Rutgers was okay. They win that game, did what they were supposed to do. Indiana was terrible last year, terrible. And Michigan State wins it 20-15. to 15. They should have lost the Michigan game. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They lost at Purdue. They beat Maryland. They get blown out by Ohio State, and they beat Penn State in the snow. Okay. There's a lot there where you can go, okay, if it could have, would have, should have. It all went – a lot of it went heads, and they called heads. Yep. Okay. And so – So they got fortunate, 
and they had the best, arguably the best running back in the country. Yeah. And so and I don't play, know. And I, they played a and they played a bowl game and didn't face Kenny Pickett. Right. So again, another. So there's, break. Your, there's eleven wins. There's your eleven bowl. Is, that's your that's your Peach Bowl win. So, I mean, and, and, and so what's the hard thing too is like again, history would probably suggest the chances of of what Scott Frost is trying to do, the chances of it working are probably pretty low. But at the same time, a a big part of that is there just isn't a big sample size of this because there's not been the transfer portal. Like you just don't. How many teams have really tried to do what? Frost just doing, you know? I wonder, without the transfer portal, if Scott Frost is still the head coach. Right. Because what right? you would be stuck with what you had. Because Adrian Martinez now, without the transfer portal, is Adrian Martinez staying, right, for mm-hmm. another year? Or is he going pro or whatever he's doing? Or is he saying, I'm done? But what's the hope that you have? The portal gives you hope, and the portal gives, okay, go get some new coaches and go get some new players and some free agents and turn this roster around overnight. Without that, what are you even looking at this year? Right. Think you know? think about that. Th- think about what you what they would cuz we sit there and go, man, that's that that's pretty risky hoping all these transfers will come in and hit, but then if you go, okay, well then what's the alternate what's the the other side of that? Now you're you're oh, Logan yeah. Smothers as your quarterback. And your starting running back is going to be Ramir Johnson again, your best wide receiver. You lost Xavier Betts and Samari Touré. So your two probably most talent, your best wide receiver and your probably most talented wide receiver are both gone. So now you're relying on Omar Manning to probably be your number one wide receiver. And defensively, you still have no real pass rusher. And Who's your punter and kicker? And then exactly. who's You're still <laughs> atrocious at punter and kicker. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's – Again, in some ways, the, the new transfer portal world is what is giving this thing a chance to work, you know? It's giving you hope. Right. Giving you off-season hope after a season that didn't give you a ton. God, your uh, point on look- the order of things is that that's a good point, though, on, like, on Sips reporting from Applebee's on going get to eight <laughs> wins. So that's a good point, though, because, yeah, you, you would think, like, and again, if we do this every year, because if if someone from the outside looking in would, or you know, that doesn't know much about, isn't immersed in Nebraska football other than they, because uh, you know, like the average NC State fan is probably like Nebraska has been terrible for years, and then if they would eavesdrop in on this conversation, be like, well, Nebraska is probably going to start five and one. It'd be like, what are you talking about? You know, but you look at it and they could easily start 5 and 1. I mean they're favored by almost 10 at against Northwestern, which I think is crazy by the way. I know they smashed them last year, but that's right like okay, but if you had to, if you and I are in Vegas, we got to bet that now. You're taking Northwestern plus 9 and a half, aren't you? Uh yeah, yeah, I would probably do that just because it's so many unknowns. Oh, yeah. Too many points, too many points for too many unknowns. And Fitz Fitz has done this. He's had years where they've been bad and then the next year they're like they're they're right back to being at the top of the division. Like, no, nah, I think nine and a half is crazy to me, crazy. But whatever. I just wanted I wanted to ask, I, I I wrote that down. I'm like I want to ask Shick about the eight win sip thing. I wanted to get your take on that. I was looking back at the because the ESPN college football playoff predictor and the all of that just continues to adjust with each transfer and with each player and with each you know the off season news. And right now, Nebraska is the second favorite out of the West to win the Big Ten, the fifth favorite 
to win the Big Ten out of the entire conference behind Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Penn State. Uh, to win the division, Nebraska is still ahead of Wisconsin. What do you think of that? In terms of winning the division versus winning the conference, here's how I would put it. Wisconsin has a better chance to win the conference, but Nebraska has a better chance to win the division, which means they believe Wisconsin has a better chance of beating Ohio State right. than Nebraska does. But, there's but also, it is odd. But, but it is odd. I mean, there's also a – as we say this, and again, you can kind of dig into it deeper and and build a case for it, but at the same time, like Minnesota has owned Nebraska. Iowa has owned Nebraska. Wisconsin has owned Nebraska. Purdue has beaten Nebraska – what, two two of the last three years or two straight years here? Like, Illinois beat Nebraska last year. Northwestern has has had a lot of success. So there's also, like, what what is – there's nothing on the field results-wise to validate that in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And, and there's – listen to me, I, I still think – like, I say that, and I also say, like, well, yeah, I can kind of see it, I guess, you know, but – but also, what are you basing your your base? I don't. I'm. I'd love to hear the people projecting those things Vegas wise, like exactly what they're basing it off of. So this ESPN is just basing it on just metrics, overall team strength, numbers, recruiting rankings, and all that. I mean, Nebraska's recruited better, or at least about as well as Wisconsin. Right. Right. So so there's that. Uh, they they won the transfer portal, so there's that in terms of numbers. Right. Um, you know, returning quarterbacks matter. But Wisconsin's not going to have an edge there because Graham Mertz has been kind of diddly poo. Right. So you go through the numbers. They are expected to win every game except Oklahoma, at Purdue, at Michigan, and at Iowa. They're expected mm-hmm. to lose those four games. According to FPI, the Purdue one, uh, they have a 49.1% chance of winning. That's according to FPI. They have an 83% chance of beating Illinois at home, 63% chance of beating Minnesota at home. chance of beating Wisconsin at home. Wow. So, yeah. Again, um, it's possible. Like, you could could tell me that Nebraska is going to win eight games, and I could – there's a version of it where I'm like, yeah, I – because of what we just said. If Buscini and Bleak Road are solid and Casey Thompson is solid, that's at least going to get you probably to six. FPI has Wisconsin going nine and three and Nebraska going eight and four but they both lose the same amount of games in the division and Nebraska wins the game because they have home field advantage against yeah, Wisconsin. Right, right. That's okay. it. That's it. Interesting. Uh, before we go, look at us serious, you, serious talk. No, this that was serious. Good. Was, we don't do that enough. I uh, know. Arkansas was playing Oklahoma state Saturday night on baseball in Stillwater and Oklahoma state, Josh holiday left his pitcher in to hit three guys and walk three guys. And they gave up the lead and he's like, you know what? I'm going to pull him. And then the next guy comes up pitches and gives up a grand slam yikes this is what it uh this is what it sounded like this is Lowell galindo one of the great voices on espn that's tradition right there Brew hat. yeah beer hats oh no battles deep into the night that's left the stadium entirely okay does this sound like a guy calling a home run call or someone just spilled coffee on him on his lap Is he calling a home run, or did he just watch someone fall from the stands? Oh, no! 
I love it. I don't know. Has there ever been a oh no? Drop. From a home radio call, maybe. Yeah, oh no. But usually it'd be subdued. You'd be like, oh no. Davison's done that. Oh, what in the world? Oh, oh no. What in the world? I mean, you know, Greg Sharp is probably snap back, CJ Shroud looking for Chris Olave, and oh no, he's got it. 10 5 touchdown, Ohio State. You know, there's probably been some sort of subdued oh no, but that was a crunk oh no. Yeah. You need it, like, we'll end the show with that. You need that with the oh no, and then how Greg Sharp would would cap the call, and we'll get out of here. Oh no! This is Big Red Football. I'm not happy about that. Chicken Nick, yeah! Chicken Nick, yeah! Chicken Nick show, yeah! Here we go! Yeah. Yes. Matt, I like pitching. 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 A Huda Media Production.